0: Hello and welcome to Horrible Friends. It's a podcast in book club format. Uh, This week we have Hereditary, the spookiest damn thing in the world. Starting off, I'm Kyle. I'm Chris.
1: My cat was on my paper.
0: I'm Dan. And I'm Jarvis. And the way this little podcast is going to work is we are going to give you a little bit of history of this movie. We're going to talk about the movie, and then we're going to wrap it up in a nice little bow with a spookometer, spook meter, spoopy meter. And uh, I haven't figured that one out this week, I guess. Uh, And yeah, that's pretty much the whole thing. It's going to be great. It's going to be terrible.
1: Dan, get some history on this movie. All right, so we got Hereditary, came out in 2018. Uh, The director and the writer of this is... There goes my paper. Ari Aster. Ari Aster is known for doing Midsummer, this movie. Uh, he's coming out with a new movie in 2023 called Disappointment Boulevard. And then he's done a lot of shorts, um, such as The Turtle's Head, Bo, The Bones. Um, but he, he hasn't done a lot of uh, big movies yet. So um, this is one of them. So so other 2018 horror movies that we could have watched. Um, you know, I, I go back to the last one that we watched, which was Slender Man. We we definitely could have watched Slender Man instead of this. Probably would have been more enjoyable, right? Um Yeah, for sure. <laughs> the Nun, Annihilation. Uh there there were other ones I can't remember. Uh but anyway. The budget for this, it was had a budget of estimated about ten million dollars. Uh, box office grossing worldwide was eighty two point five million. So, Dang. yeah, it did pretty bad, well.
2: And it's crazy that pretty much on the same budget as Slenderman.
3: Yeah, that's roughly. Weird. That's the difference between practical. And shitty FX.
1: Put some, <laughs> you know, put some respect <laughs> on that movie. Put some respect on that movie.
2: But <laughs> I find some respect <laughs> to give it. I will.
1: All right. So our runtime for this is 127 minutes. So it's a little over two hours. Um, but it's it's like a good good two hours. It doesn't feel like it's long or drawn out. No, no it didn't it. feel like that at all. Uh, the filming location is probably the most disappointing part of this. Uh, it was filmed in Sandy. Salt Lake City, and Park City, Utah. I believe that. You know, lots of Mormons. (laughs) Exactly. All right. And your favorite part of this is our taglines. Gimme them. Gimme them. So we only have two taglines, and I'm very disappointed that none of them are uh, to the caliber of the amazing ones that we get sometimes. So our two taglines are, Every family tree hides a secret. I fucks with it. Okay, yeah, I like yeah, that a okay. lot. And the second one is I like this one better actually, but "evil runs in the family." I was going to make that joke if
0: if they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: like that one too. I like both of them. Yeah, they're both good. Solid taglines.
0: I had, yeah. uh, it runs in the family as as the the one that I would use. I like it.
1: It's her- hereditary. It's literally the meaning. Uh-huh. Yeah. I better- don't... Better to run in the family than through the family. Right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, like laxatives. Yeah, sure.
3: You, Are you having some post Thanksgiving trouble, Dan? I, we need to discuss.
0: I, I want to uh, talk about Dan's familial laxative taking. You guys doing it like, like,
3: for Sunday or? Are we sponsored I'll, I'll be, by any laxative companies yet? Are we doing a plug?
0: More laxatives? Prolax, you know, Pro-lax. You're, Pro-lax. you're having a shitty day. Let Pro- Prolax
1: be there for you.
0: Prolax? Are you saying Prolax? Prolax.
1: Pro-lax. Huh. It's, a, it, it's a real thing. Is that a real Prolax, yeah. There yeah, it is. <laughs> all right, well. So you're having a shitty day. Yeah. Prolax is there for you when you're having a shitty day. Oh, man. Um. All right, well. Yeah, this podcast is brought to you by Prolex. Um, <laughs> please take responsibly. And <laughs> <your doctors. laughs> take responsibly. <laughs> who's, who's taking Prolex and an irresponsible
0: man? <laughs> I know it says one. I'm going to take seven. What? What? <laughs> Every time. Every time. And you know what? I'm going to start a long car drive. I don't know why. I'm just going to do
2: it. <laughs> With the windows closed and the heated seats on, I'm going for it. <laughs>
3: Do, do you guys just not love yourselves?
1: <laughs> Is it me or does this feel like a new TikTok challenge? Take, take a whole bottle of Prolax and go on a long car ride. See how long you can rest.
3: With you and your best buds. We are getting sued by the
1: moms of TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen in
0: real time. I think we're going to get sued t- by the hereditary movie crew because we're just uh, absolutely decimating this. <laughs> I was,
1: I was going to say the people who aren't going to sue us, Prolax. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> My God, it's always there for you.
0: (laughs) All right. Go ahead, Jarvis. That's my send in. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I got one. Um,
1: Wait, it's it's got to incorporate Prolax, right?
0: Speaking of shitty experiences, Jarvis, you're up. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Feels like prom all over again, boys. (laughs) Well, thank you for those kind words, Dan and Kyle. Hey, today uh, we are doing a very important movie uh, to the horror genre. Um, Ari Aster, like we said, is not known for many films, but the ones he did are—they uh, have really split the community in two. You either absolutely love his films, or you can't stand them. Um, I am on the latter. I believe his films are phenomenal, and I think they're—they're uh, they're worth talking about. But he has such an eye for detail that while I will try to move through this quickly, there are a lot of details that are worth uh, discussing. So with that in mind, obviously, this is your spoiler warning. This is not a spoiler free review. So let's get started. The movie begins fading in on the obituary for Ellen Lee. Uh, We learn that she is the grandmother or the mother to the characters of the, uh, the movie. She died in the house and the movie starts at her funeral um the family's kind of surprised to see the amount of attendees at the funeral and we kind of get the immediate sense that she was not well liked uh within the family
1: i just want to take this one second just to and this will be the one time that i'm going to bring this up but i just want to praise the camera work and um, the different yeah. shots that they do so like the the beginning scene we have that camera pan into the room from the model because we're going to find out that the mom does like modeling and is an artist. So, it's very cool, uh, zoom in scene where, like, I think it's the sun's room. And, um, yeah, that's like where the movie starts. But there, there's tons of really cool, very well done scenes. And, the the use of color in the scenes, like, they use a lot of teal, um, that you'll see, like, throughout the movie. Um, I, I, I just like the use of colors, the use of, like, the, the different kind of shots that they're doing in this
3: it's it's very cool the the camera work is absolutely stunning yeah the visual transitions are honestly unlike anything i've seen in any of the movies review we've reviewed to date
0: yeah i agree there hasn't there have been some where i've where we have praised the camera work because it's the only thing that saved the film it's the only thing that actually functioned and worked and was a, a legitimate piece of art um Maybe those tiny little pieces. This was like the whole movie was was so very well rounded. But the the cinematography really like it took over it's right from the get go. They they played with everything. They were doing all kinds of fun like upside down shots and sideways shots and the pan in. Like you said, it, it's all good.
3: None of it felt like a distraction either from like no, you no, know no. a weak script or a weak storyline. Um, and yet there are so many distractions, right? Because right off the bat, this is where I need to say start. Doing your best to remember faces, right? Especially at the beginning, uh, from the funeral, there are familiar faces that you'll see throughout the film. Um, there are guys. Uh, there's like this one guy who makes like a really kind of like unsettling smile to Charlie, the youngest. Charlie um, is the youngest daughter. She has some sort of uh, uh,
1: not deformity, but some. It's it's a disease where like the bones don't they don't grow proportionally. Birth uh, defect.
3: Right. Yeah. I, cu- yeah. I couldn't think of it, but do remember also the necklace, the necklace that both Annie and Ellen is wearing in her casket uh, because that symbol will come up many times. Fast forward, Annie is working on her miniature models. She does them professionally. Now I have to take a quick break here. Um, what do you think the profit margins on being a professional miniature artist are? I don't like in terms of careers, it's kind of one of those things I know nothing about. Can we just shark tank this thing real quick?
0: We don't even have to <laughs> much unless you want to go for the jokey joke here, but um my wife's father kind of does this professionally. Like it's kind Please of Please this- tell me about it. <laughs> uh, he hasn't done it like directly for a company in a number of years, but he he does models uh of like buildings and or used to do models of buildings and churches and uh, big into the model train crew or whatever. But yeah, that's, uh, I, I think you can make a living off of it. Can you make a living in the nicest house that you've probably ever seen? I don't know. Ever seen. Yeah.
3: <laughs> now <laughs> were these, archi- were these architectural
0: mock-ups or were these like works of art? Uh, m- mock-ups, but I guess one and the same, I guess, uh, it's, it wasn't just like a, a, a cut down the side. It's sometimes it was like, the building in the space that it's in, and then it would be used as like a. a I guess you would usually call them, call them like little tchotchkes or whatever, but this would be a much larger tchotchke, if you will.
1: I think it has like they kind of know her story to some extent of like her trauma in the past and like the yeah. way that she expresses it, and like she's used this medium for, um, for like to express it in the past and artworks so I, I think like because throughout the movie she's going to continue to like just um express herself through like as the events go on so i i think that's the way she's doing it. but my but in, interestingly enough or not interesting i don't know however the fuck you want to think of. i'm going to say it anyway so um be <laughs> interested i guess but um my, my grandpa also did like modeling stuff just for fun not like to the extent that kyle's father-in-law did but um this kind of reminded me of, of that so it gave me like a happy feeling it was like my one happy feeling of the, oh, of the movie cool. <laughs> oh you had a happy feeling through this I movie did. well let's go <laughs> that. just that one part and you, the penis you, that i see later but you know <laughs> <laughs> you keep both of
3: those and you hold on to them you hold on to them tight <laughs> you hold on to that penis tight
1: for the love
2: of god cherish
3: it <laughs> <laughs> that's my secret dad's <laughs> 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 model train in one hand random weirdo naked in your room in the other
1: he had a nice mm-hmm. smile it's not my fault he did
3: have a nice smile <laughs> I, I I love I love what they do because they touch on the they pretty much cover the entire story um, through the dialogue but also the visual medium in her storytelling through her models and miniatures uh, it, it almost makes it so that she doesn't have to you know give that exposition Um, because, you know, she talks about like, she was estranged from her mother and that's why she doesn't really feel the weight of her death because they, they didn't have a very close relationship until Charlie was born. And then she basically kind of weaseled her way, her being her mother kind of weaseled her way back into the family's life. Um, and we find out pretty quickly it was with purpose, but yeah, the, the visual medium that she's able to give the audience with these miniatures is pretty incredible. I love, I love it artistically as a touch yeah, in the movie definitely very cool back to the shark tank thing i would want 40 percent equity and i would want to <laughs> sit in one of the thrones of the eight rings of hell that's but like <laughs> i will not i will not move from my evaluation hmm. did you hmm. want to need perpetuity in that or i would want one skull per hundred souls
0: in perpetuity where are you going to put all those skulls uh because if you don't have a place, let me introduce you to Jim here. Jim has a warehouse for skulls. It's a skull warehouse. I want 50% of Jim's business. What do you want? Ooh. <laughs> hmm.
3: I sunk myself pretty deep in with this 40%. <laughs> would, you, would you like to go in together on this? Uh, we'll call it 25 yeah. each? Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. But we want $1.50 of every soul. <laughs> a N- now they're worth money? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Big trading market in hell for those. <laughs> ah. So Charlie is distraught and he talks to her about her grandmother. Um, we get a lot of good background about, uh, Ellen, the grandmother and Charlie's relationship. And we see some of the early haunting, um, on Ellen's part to Annie in this, in these early scenes where she's kind of like haunting her in the corner. Um, and then in a scene later, we learn that her grave has been desecrated. Um, we learned this pretty much right before Annie ends up going to seek grief counseling. We get a lot of the background during the counseling of kind of Annie and Ellen's estranged history. Um, and we get some pretty, pretty fucked up notes on the family. All right. So here's, uh, I'm going to break it down a little bit. Um, I, I kind of have a separate section for little spoilers and Easter eggs. So Satoni uh, is written on the wall and I'll, I'll do like a, I'll do like a whole thing at the end on what all these words written in plain view mean. Um, but during the grief counseling, she talks about how her father starved to death because he was a manic depressant and her brother was a paranoid schizophrenic who hanged himself. And in the suicide note, blamed his mother for trying to stuff people inside of him.
2: Yeah. That- yeah, no, if there's any reason to be estranged from your mother, um, I'd say that's definitely up there.
0: Yeah, forcing demons to, to possess them? Yeah, I think so. I think that's probably what Yeah, I you do. should never force that.
1: You should just let them do it on their own.
0: It should be an organic thing, right? It's yeah, all, it's all about consent.
3: a beautiful
1: experience. Yeah, Hell, so demons it are
3: all about consent. So later on, Peter is invited to a party. Um, and he is. Bring and run that Go, ahead. Dick. <laughs> Go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead.
2: You know, when I'm asked to come to a party, it's like, you know, bring some chips and dip or like bring a dessert, maybe some soda. I have never received a message saying, hey, having a party, bring your dick. Bro, you've
1: never received a BYOD? Come <laughs> <No>. on, man. <laughs>
3: I've never received a pyod. Chris, have you ever been to a party?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's that's more of the question here. Have you actually I mean, ever been?
2: I mean, I kind of you know pyod every party I go to <laughs> without really meaning to. It's kind of
3: always with me. Well, it changes that, with the times. It's like I as you get older. On.
0: Oh, <laughs> I thought he was going to turn around like halfway through the drive, by the way, to the party. Just
1: like, oh, I forgot my dick. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Charlie, we got to go back.
3: <laughs> no, the expectations change with age, right? Like it's not the 30 rack anymore when you were a kid. It's like a nice bottle of wine. You know, it's not the bags of chips. It's a nice cheese platter. But one thing that never changes as you bring that dick you, you bring, bring that <laughs> dick boys
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: all right and here's where i've been waiting to jump in so when he gets to the party
2: we all remember all the crazy high school and college parties where just everyone's just chopping up
3: nuts all of them, yeah. Just
0: making, like, a All nice, right. like, mishwa salad in the back and cut
3: some cake. She's doing stuff. it like she's on a timer.
0: She's got a staff. <laughs> it's like an episode of Chopped. Like, there's a competitive aspect. Gordon Ramsay's in the back just you know,
1: fucking raw. You know what? Like, well, yeah, I, of course, Gordon, I'm not. I'm so, oh, sorry, Gordon. I'm oh, sorry, chef.
0: Like
2: Jackie brings this up anytime we've mentioned the movie, and now that I've actually fully seen it, I understand her confusion as to all of a sudden, why is there so much focus on these nuts? (laughs) And who and what crazy kids are like, all right, I'm going to party, I'm
0: going to drink, I'm going to cut up some almonds. Those were walnuts. They they were walnuts, sir. It's got to be... uh, Vince, the, the Shamwell guy, it's got to be his house. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going to love, love nuts. my nuts. You're going <laughs> to love a slap,
2: chop, in sight. <laughs> no. I'll be but honest. At first, I, I just thought it was going to be like, her. she's going to cut off a finger while she was just frantically cutting up all those nuts.
1: I'll be honest. This is like, I, I saw this party and I was like, this is an amazing party. Because any high school party that I went to was never as cool as it looks on the movies. And this one looked super fucking lame. Like yep. it just looks really <laughs> corny. Like people yeah. are cutting nuts, people are bored on the couch. I was like, this looks like a real party. <laughs> <laughs> this
3: two million dollar mansion in Utah. Yeah.
0: Well,
1: that part wasn't realistic, but someone just I, looked
0: I, around and been like, I brought my dick for this. <laughs> <laughs> I did like I liked how this movie kept on insinuating that anything that she would eat would but could potentially have nuts in it. And I kept on looking at the food she was eating. The first one was like a Hershey's bar that maybe it looked like it had nuts in it. And everybody was like, did you bring the EpiPen? No, we didn't bring the EpiPen. All right. And then the next one was uh, she was eating like an Almond Joy or something that looked like an Almond Joy. But I was like, all right, that, that's probably a little too much. And then the third thing she was eating was uh, M&M's, which they looked like the bigger M&M's with, with nuts in them. And I'm like, everything she eats is like one step away from being a, a, an allergic reaction. And then the cake.
3: <laughs> yeah she lives on the edge she yeah. does that's a shitty okay all right so like <laughs> we're getting way off here but like let, let let's let's already let the cat out of the bag charlie is Payman. Payman is the the demon that is the central plot to this this film she doesn't know it she she is her own person however she is the embodiment of Payman. you are one of the eight kings of hell Payman. how are you allergic to nuts Right? Like, <laughs> I, <fair>. I, th- <laughs> I think, you know, as a species, if you were allergic to nuts in the Mesozoic era, y- you were probably going to die pretty quickly. Right? Like, we've evolved as a species, but we're still allergic to nuts. These are immortal demons and basically sub devils.
0: I mean, how? Yeah, it, it's, it shows, uh, you know, every demon's got a weakness, and this one happens to be. Nuts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I would say this, this uh, demon would not appreciate your offering of your, uh, your very well held
3: close uh, jar of peanut butter jars. Hey man, I, I gave that thing away a couple episodes ago and it was for a worthy cause.
1: You will never defeat payment. <laughs> no, nuts. <laughs>
4: Get <laughs> so, oh. my even <laughs>
0: <laughs> Demons are people too <laughs> just like
3: me and you.
0: I I feel like I feel like most of the time he's probably like let the souls of the damn be wait, does that have dots in it? Get my app is bad. Oh my
3: god. <laughs> <laughs> So taking taking it slightly back though, that Charlie was kind of coerced into going by her mother. Like Peter didn't really want to take her. Right, you're you're bringing your younger sister to a party. Yeah, Yeah. uh, Uh, I think it's because like he 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 worded it as like he wasn't going
2: to like a high school party. Like oh, I'm just going to like a barbecue. It's like oh, we'll take your sister. And he's like oh fuck, now I can't really just say like oh it's a party where we're going to be getting high and drunk.
0: I can't bring her. Mom Mom called his bluff so hard. Mm -hmm. She was like, all right, take your sister. And he was like, I don't know if she'd want to go. Did you ask her? Uh, Uh. uh. (laughs) Mom, like,
2: do I have to? Like, yes. Don't lose your head over this. Just go.
3: (laughs) Poor taste. Poor taste. (laughs) Yeah. So now that Charlie's kind of along for the ride, uh, not that either party in the car want to go. Right. That she's taken to the party and they pass a telephone pole. And did everyone recognize the symbol on the telephone pole? If you yep. have him, you're probably <laughs> let's not paying pay attention. It was <laughs> pay line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, in in uh, Peter's haste to kind of ditch Charlie and talk to girls and be like the cool drug dealer, yeah, she's, she's left alone, left to her own devices. She eats those nuts
1: um, from the chopped episode that's happening in the kitchen. Wait, can, and we, can we real quick talk about that douchebag that he was with? Where she was like. She made me look retarded and i was like bro <laughs> uh, it's 2018 bro are, are you making well yeah first <laughs> off first off chill all right second off like are you really making fun of like a 13 year old like who's just doing drawings like yeah and come and on he, man no, he I'm was like you yep that's that's charlie that's uh,
3: charlie <laughs> The the power of pussy has like, completely overtaken
1: <laughs> his ability to be a functioning brother.
3: Is that right? a demon? I, I, it's, it's the other <laughs>
1: demon. <laughs> yeah. Pussy. Payman. And uh, payman. <laughs> <laughs> payman. Wait pussy.
3: <laughs> so now that she's going into anaphylactic shock, Peter races to the hospital. Uh, he's stoned out of his fucking mind, though. Right? So he's driving, he's driving. Um, and there's a carcass in the road, an animal carcass. He swerves to miss it and guess where that telephone pole comes into play? Right here! Because in his, oh, in his attempt couldn't to, breathe, in his attempt to sway out of out of the way, while she was gasping for air and hanging out the window, yes, she is decapitated off of that telephone pole. And there's this beautiful scene where Peter stops. There is very little sound. There's only the focus on the red light. And when he it's kind of like he's in shock. He's obviously in shock, but he ends up driving back home and doesn't mutter a word until the next morning. And he goes. He just went to bed. He he. But he didn't sleep. And, no, he he just stayed there awake
2: the entire night and just hearing. And I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sure you're about to you're, you're going to mention it, but just hearing Annie in the morning just saying how like oh I'm just running out to the store and she goes outside and sees Charlie's body was just it destroyed me.
1: Yeah, this the whole sequence is is amazing. From just when it happens to there's just the absence of sound and they just keep you there for so long to the point where like they really just put you in his shoes where he's like looking around, he looks through the, through the rearview mirror, he looks outside and he's just kind of like, it's one of those moments that we've all had where it's like, you're just in disbelief of everything that's happening. And like, you just try to remove yourself from it. And then he just is in such trauma, like such shock that he just goes home. And the way that, the way that he just like puts you through everything that that kid, that Peter's going through is just, phenomenal to me and then like you said chris where tony's collects just annie is just like screaming and howling and saying take me i, I want to die and all this like you can really feel that Cause like you no know, I-, I don't have a kid but like i can imagine that's exactly how i would feel
3: it's just incredible powerful. right Yeah, so powerful. That's really that's really what it comes down to. And like the acting aside, and you can't talk enough about the acting, Kyle. I'd love to hear your thoughts here on like the audio because a lot of like a lot is off screen during this part because the focus the focal point is completely on Peter, but Annie screams and like uh, there's a ton of different uh, examples throughout the film where this is used, but the audio doesn't get enough credit in this.
0: Oh yeah, no, I I don't disagree. It it has it it gave me that gut right gut-wrenching feeling of you know you fuck something up and you're just going to wait to get found and it sucks it's a terrible feeling the whole uh, like like you guys said that waiting until the parent goes down i mean i felt i felt for him i felt for peter he was he was in a rough spot and uh the the audio the audio portion of this definitely like shined it was just Thump 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 downstairs, out to the car. Open up, cry tears, everything. I, I don't know the the acting, the the sounds of of just exasperated, yes, uh, crying. Uh, it's just all bad, and it it does. It, it was a uh, it, it was it was bad. In a good it brings way. it brings you
3: back to when you were a kid, right? And <laughs> oh, you like absolutely. broke something, and you're like hiding in your room, you're Correct. waiting to hear it. You know it's, <laughs> <happen>. <laughs>
1: it's just on a, a slightly. Slightly deeper scale. No, I don't know. I mean, that's pretty pretty accurate. I think that's. I think we've all felt exactly what he felt.
0: I will also say, uh, uh, one of the scariest portions of this film, as uh, someone who has an allergy and an EpiPen, was her being like, "I think my throat's closing," and I'm like, "Oh no!" Like, I I don't know if if that would ever happen to me, but it's such a actual possibility that watching it happen to somebody is enough that like my anxiety was flaring at this point. So I was scary.
3: Like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, they, they managed to like shove so many different like scary aspects of everyday life juxtaposed with like this otherworldly horror that's kind of looming over their family. Um, so really quick, uh, really quick, we'll recap um, some of the things that they're starting to use as themes um, to kind of symbolize the paranormal. We're, we're starting to see little hints of light reflection. And uh, before the party, that's actually what leads Charlie out into the woods where she sees another ritual going on. Um, but this is where the family really starts to erode. Obviously, we get an incredible kind of frame shot of Charlie's head laying in the road covered in ants blood everywhere it is such a stunning image and like i said i mean how how does the family go from here um we get amazing acting from tony collette uh the grief the grieving um you know as her mother um annie really hates peter um she's she's searching for a way not to um but she she just can't get she can't get over it. Right. And, and, and agreeably. So, so she returns to grief counseling and this is now where we meet Joan. Joan is a character that they kind of threw in here and kind of is able to, you know, introduce herself as a shoulder to cry on basically introduces a similar story that Annie can relate to. And, um, that's how Joan now kind of wriggles her way in here.
0: Yeah. I, I thought she was a, a good character. She was, mega friendly very you know uh, bubbly enough to like be like come on just come in and it it does take somebody like that to get you into some of these sessions i would imagine not that i've ever been to extreme loss counseling but yeah it's uh you need a friend there or at least a friend to talk to and she was very willing to be that and and then some apparently (laughs) definitely
3: some sinister motives uh the actress playing Playing Joan is Ann Dowd. Um, if you've ever seen The Handmaid's Tale, uh, she is one of the ants, And she is she's just tremendous. She's tremendous in everything she does, but she's so good here. And she's able to kind of uh, take down Annie's defenses. And we get this really interesting story that kind of shows the strain that was on the relationship with the kids and herself from an incident before when she was sleepwalking. And she covered her children in paint thinner um, before kind of like waking up by the strike of her own match. And that's kind of where um, a lot of the issues kind of began with her and the, the children. But we'll fast forward to dinner. Uh, the dinner scene is cathartic. We we have we have a knack for choosing films that make you really really uncomfortable at dinner time. Um, but the argument that uh, on goes here is kind of left with pregnant pause at the end, and it just strains the family more. I th- it was also like just the tension of it, like mm-hmm. as they're trying to
0: eat and it just
2: building and building and then it just finally just snaps.
0: And then it's just on. What what is your favorite line from the yelling session? I have mine. I'm, I'm happy to share. Send it. Uh, my my favorite is that fucking face on your face. <laughs> <You make that laughs> fucking face on your face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, it's yeah. <laughs> it, it is something that like I could easily see any one of our parents at that height of just pure anger, just being like that stupid. Your face, it's just bad.
1: <laughs> my, my favorite character throughout the whole dinner is just the dad. He's just Steve. He's such he's, a ding dong. I don't no, know. He's,
0: he is the rock that's holding this family family together. Thank is you. He very much. He is, is he a uh, rock? or is. he the rock that's just actually,
1: yeah. going through the the ocean and just going wherever it takes him? You think I he's think, just kind of going with the motion? I definitely think he's just. He's like not even expressing he, himself about his daughter's death. He's just kind of like. I don't. I there. don't agree. But when you've
0: got. Two extremely high personalities going on here. You've obviously got the the teenage son, and then you have the wife who just murdered his sister. Yes, and, and a, a wife, grieving wife and mother who is like absolutely freaking out. Somebody's got to like steer the ship, and hundred percent. Is he he's steering? He's, <laughs> he's at least manning the helm. We'll say. <laughs>
3: He's le- he's letting the battles happen when they need to, but he's putting like a hard stop on them, which is what he does uh, at this dinner scene. I, I you know, he I, he is a he's uh, he's casted as a doctor Stephen Graham. Right? Yeah, he's, he's like a, a psychiatrist, psychiatrist and yeah.
2: therapist. So I think part of like why he doesn't really chime in is because he's also probably looking at everything as besides just as husband and father, also looking at it as a psychiatrist and therapist, and. You know, probably doesn't want to say anything that's going to elevate and possibly make things worse
3: or change the cathartic experience that they're that they're going through right now, right? Because yeah. It, yeah. you have to experience these things in a, in, a, in a something like this where it's just pure grief.
0: I half expected him to come in and be like,
3: "And how does that make you feel?" Right <laughs> <laughs> with a, with a nibble of mashed potatoes there at the end. Yeah, how does yeah. that make you feel? I guess.
1: Uh, by the way, I, I guess we going to agree to disagree.
0: <laughs> Dan doesn't like the, uh, the non confrontational dad. He wants him to be there. He wants him to throw on the belt
3: and be like, yeah, let's yeah, go. Get in the ring, <laughs> honey.
1: We're going yeah. down. What about that face on your face? Tell me about it. Come on. <laughs> Let's talk about your face on your face, honey. <laughs> <laughs>
3: honey, you're not being very attractive to me right now. I'm, I'm vaguely Irish.
0: <laughs> um, I, this is, by the way, in, in my notes, this is where I consider this the end of act one. I don't know if that's also how you would portray it.
3: Interestingly enough, I, I, did, I, I did kind of mark the acts, but I, I kind of lost it midway. But I, I, I can see where you say that for sure. So we'll we'll say we'll begin Act Two. Uh, this is where Joan convinces Annie to come back after a choice encounter um, to her place to show her something that has convinced her um, that you know there is you know life on the other side, and she shows her that she was able to conjure her grandson. Now, pause here. This is the cult plan. This is something they were always leading to. If you uh, remember a brief scene, they slip something in her mailbox. It's, it's really innocuous. You wouldn't really, uh, it, it, it was just strange and they didn't really, uh, they didn't expand on it, but it was all moving towards this goal of getting Annie to believe that she could conjure Charlie into the house. The purpose for this was to say the scripture that would allow Payman to inhabit their house and by extension, inhabit them.
0: Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was interesting to have the um the seance person. I thought they were going to go more into like actually having a seance person, but yeah, d- do we believe that this is still payment? It is. Um okay. so and,
3: and the reason that um I can say that assuredly is and, and this is not my first time watching it. So I'm actually glad there are a few of you who haven't. The reason that this is payment is because Payment is Charlie. Payman was an inhabitant of Charlie. So once Charlie was killed purposely, right? That was, that was a, something that was carefully orchestrated by the cult, as yeah. symbolized with the, his sigil on the, um, the telephone pole. Now that he is released, he is free to inhabit new spaces and new hosts. So it right. is payment, but okay. the, it's all, all the seance, everything, the, the flyer in the mail, it's all misdirection that was carefully orchestrated by the cult. Gotcha. So um, later on, a bad dream throws Annie into sort of a, another uh, session of desperate grief. So she follows Joan's directions to conjure Charlie um, and she does it successfully with all the family there and it makes them all very uncomfortable. And for a brief moment, Charlie inhibits Annie's body, which is somewhat of a sign of what's to come. And all the aftermath leads into Annie destroying all her artwork for the gallery. No, I going kind should. of feel bad for the person that had to make all those miniatures for the for the
2: movie.
0: Oh well, yes. Um, I thought you were going to say, "Do you feel bad for the company that she was working for?" Absolutely not. I don't feel bad. For oh problem. no, I don't feel bad for the company.
2: <laughs> Fuck them. They, I'm sure they can. They'll be
0: fine. They've got plenty of money. I just mean the no, actual they, they person call- for the movie. They called and left a voicemail on someone's landline phone to be like, Hey, i was so sorry. I heard your daughter died and your mom died. So, all you, within a two week span, what do you think about timing for the thing that you owe us? Let's talk timeline here, <laughs> yeah, okay? <correct. laughs> no, they could die, but yes, I feel bad for the person who legitimately made these miniatures for
1: sure. You mean Annie or Tony Collette? You, you feel bad for her?
3: Yes. Because we dare not break the fourth wall that this is a movie. It was all Tony Tony Collette. What if it was? What if they were like, hey, I hear you do miniatures on the side. Would you like to make them for this movie? And she was so excited, but they didn't give her the full script until day. So they got an honest, miserable reaction out of her when when Steve walks in the room and she's just like actually miserable
0: on the floor. (laughs) Right. She's she's like, I brought all these here. And they're just what, they, what would you do with a the, Spooky movie? What Steven <laughs> walks in,
3: he's like, Annie, what have you done? And she goes, Ari Aster's a fucking asshole. And
0: he's like, Scott! <laughs> what? No, they, they just dumped over it. I just didn't want to see them. Anymore. you, you <laughs> yeah. can hear it. You can actually hear it.
3: Before, it's though. like old Godzilla movies where, the, <laughs> where like the people talking, it doesn't match. Oh. <laughs>
2: Which, so, uh, go back to some of those miniatures before you go on. It's like it's where you kind of you can see when she's kind of slowly losing her grip on basically reality. The fact that she makes a miniature of Charlie's death of the crime scene,
0: right? Yeah, and and her explanation of it being like a completely uh, innocent, like neutral, unbiased scene. view, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I think it's. I'm
2: like, I'm sorry, you can't really be unbiased when you, you are painting a model of your child's severed head.
1: But that's like, but that's always the way that she's coped through it. Right. Like she, right. When, yeah. Right. When she's, when she has her mom, that's like watching her through the doorway while she's breastfeeding Charlie. like And
3: offering her own breast. Yeah. To breastfeed yeah. the child. Because like all these right. traumatic
1: things that she's experienced, she's put into these model forms. So I think this is just like her process, like her healthy process of like going through all of this. Dealing with some really unhealthy
0: situations, man. Do you think she has like a scene of herself as a child talking to the teacher and her saying, "Uh, thank you, mommy, to the teacher and feeling really, really awkward about it? Do you think she has one of those (laughs) (laughs) scenes?
1: Maybe. She has one model that it's like the mom saying, I'm proud of you. Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. (laughs) Honey, would he- what's that model over there? Well, this is when I lost my virginity. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: That's my...
2: You so know, the guy so I met odd. before we'll you see. that
3: was a lot better than you? He live-streamed the whole thing and didn't tell me about <laughs> it. That was unfortunate. I huh. <laughs> found out I had acne in a lot more places than I was I don't privy to. Do. Huh. Mine no. would be very difficult to 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 create <laughs> miniatures of. Like, I was playing dodgeball and I was trying to impress one of the cute girls and one and my best friend on the other side hit me square in the balls and I fell and I farted. How do you make that into a miniature cast? And that's a true story. That's a good one.
1: Yeah. I guess mine would be getting pants at Bibles. So I was just like, you went to Bibles too? I did. The, the Bible place? Oh my God. That's crazy.
3: Is it a Bible place? Is that a Bible Yeah. Well. Oh, wait. No. No. It was a. It was like a preschool thing, or like a. It
1: was like a. Yeah. After school thing.
0: It was right around the corner. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
1: Very poor. Very poorly run. Yeah. Yeah. They had ostriches. (laughs) Just like this is all a real thing. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't dream this. (laughs)
3: <laughs> I couldn't remember if there was a religious component because much like Ellen to Annie, my mother was always trying to slip that in there somewhere. But
1: <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was the 90s, you know. There there was religious components in everything.
3: It was the 90s. Not in them low rise jeans. <laughs> <laughs> so. Annie now attempts to cease all of the events that the family's experiencing by burning the book. Now, the book was used kind of as like a medium uh, for Charlie to write in. Um, so she sees all of her scribblings and she thinks that this is, again, Charlie, when in fact it's actually payment. We're getting kind of like his sinister motive without knowing it. Um, but she realizes that any attempt to burn the book would burn her as well. So distraught, Annie seeks out Joan. Where now both she and the audience learn Joan's true intentions. Joan has been a part of the cult. She knew her mother. She was truly one of her best friends. Um, but she doesn't learn it in time because before she can act on this, Joan casts an incantation on Peter while he's at school. And at this point, the more we can see of Peter, the more we see the possession sort of taking root. Um, and most horrifyingly, they now discover Ellen's severed body. Severed from her head in the attic.
2: You know, I hate when I'm looking for like my Christmas decorations and I can't find them, and I'm just getting so frustrated about it. And then I just <laughs> look and oh, god damn it, there's Grandma. Oh, gam gam, <laughs> you're you're not the ornaments.
3: <laughs> you're not what I was <laughs> looking for. <laughs> but have you seen the tinsel? All these boxes look the fucking same. Oh, that's a fun. <laughs>
0: I have to say that that really goes to, to show you what a, a very well insulated and sealed home can do for you because I was
3: thinking the same thing.
2: I'm like,
0: no nobody travel.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it, it did in bits because they came home at, at a certain point. They're like, Oh, what's that smell? But it was just kind of like a thing they brushed off. But well, yeah, yes, I didn't even notice that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. Also it was
1: earlier in the movie, um, like very close to the beginning, you hear footsteps up in the attic and, that's supposed to be like the cultists bringing up.
2: Arranging her body. Yeah. Bring her body up there. I like to imagine them up there like moving by but they hear them come home like, shh, quiet.
1: <laughs> you hear them saying shh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> They're to hear you, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna put your pants back on. No, I don't know where they are. But sh- sh- leave them off.
3: I'm not putting my
2: pants
1: on. We agreed. <laughs> <laughs> if I put my pants on, it's over. Annie, do you hear that? No. No. <laughs>
3: I'm going to go make a miniature about this. (laughs) Simultaneously, um, we're seeing more writings on the wall. So today we've had Satani, Zazas, Liftoch, and Pandemonium. So Satani uh, is typically a word used in necromancy. Uh, Liftoch is Hebrew for open. Pandemonium, obviously chaos uh, and Zazas uh, seemingly refers to a demon who's frequently conjured by Ouija boards. Um, now, this is from one Mashable article, right? This is, these are not my own findings, but um, this gives you kind of an idea of what they're
0: what they're going for in this approach uh, to like the possession of the home. Yeah, I did have a uh, Sa Tony uh, on the on my list of, of notes here, but I, I assumed it was sa Tony. Um. Yeah, I I like how she yells most of this – not not she, sorry, Joan at some point ends up yelling this at Peter. Maybe for real or maybe not. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I think this happens around this time. Yells the words? Uh, She's yelling something uh, when he's outside at the school and Joan (laughs) is like across the street. She's yelling some of these words, I think.
3: Yeah, I I do – they purposely kind of like made her sound, you know, as distant as she was. Um, I think, yeah, maybe one or two of the words, but basically this incantation is supposed to cast him out of his body. And the, the way we see that is like, you know, his reflection is not what we're seeing as the audience. Um, we get that weird scene where he's like contorted and that's like payment taking root inside him. And again, like he's still present, but it's basically opened him up. So now he has other people inside him. Um, and and we'll we'll hear that familiar that click that was kind of a staple of Charlie too. So now at this point, um, after everything that Peter's been through, he's he's back at the house. Steven's come and gotten him. Um, and Annie convinces Steve that she has to burn the book, which will also kill her. This is after she's like, hey, go check the attic, there's a body up there. So Steve is just completely like, what the fuck do I do with this? Like he is he he does not know how to help. He's a psychiatrist who is completely helpless. And he is basically being coerced into helping Annie, but he draws a line in the sand and says, no, I will not help you. I will not burn this book. Uh, you need help. And Annie takes the book, throws it in the fire herself, expecting her to burst into flames. And actually, Stephen completely uh, combusts and dies right there. I bet he did not see that coming.
0: Did any of us? Because no. shit. I, I had a I had a slight feeling only because it it just seemed like she was really forcing it. But I also was like, oh, this is like a this is like a pretty interesting way for her to kind of go down with the ship and just be like, I'll save everyone. Uh, but no, as soon as he lit up, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> right. Like
3: it, it would be helpful to her arc. Like this is her like you know atoning or a. Yeah. Atoning for all the things that she's done. And she thinks that, you know, she'll be the hero in all this when in reality, after he is burned, we see that familiar, that ring of light. And now Annie is payment. And if you follow kind of like the line of who was payment at any given time, now that Peter's back in the house, again, he's back in the house. He's back in this open, safe space that they've allowed him in. So now he can kind of roam freely and inhabit whoever he wants. So it makes sense that now he inhabits Annie. And just like the when you see on her face, like the moment where it's obvious,
2: like payment is kind of taken over where she has that face of just sheer terror of Steven in front of her bursting into flames. And then how her face just changes to like, oh, like just no longer her. And there's really no emotion in her face anymore.
0: Yeah, the, the facial acting alone in this movie could get. Could- get you pretty far. She, she has a very expressive features when it comes down to this stuff. So yeah,
3: I I appreciated that. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, we talk about all the time, like, why wouldn't this person just say something or why wouldn't he, you know, let on that all of these things are happening? Well, this is the reality of when you are speaking sincerely to those around you when these kind of like horror centric events are happening, because Annie gives him, gives Steven the person she trusts most in the world, like the whole spiel, like this is exactly what's happening. I think this is the way forward. I need your help. And he's like, you are an absolutely crazy bitch. And this is done. We're done. I'm done. Yeah, and especially-
0: that's what happens. And,
3: and then he was well done. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh,
2: well
0: good. done. Awesome. Uh, no, I mean, but, but it also comes from his, um, from his standing as a uh a psychiatrist or whatever it is, he's he's watching, he's letting it go, he's letting it go. And like we said earlier, until a point where he even he can't like uphold this this idea of just letting her do what she wants to do, uh, because it's just not healthy for her. And then he's like, No, I'm not doing this. And she's like, Okay, oh, I'll do it. <sighs> well, oops. <laughs> now Peter awakes
3: um and the cult is gathering. We see that, like we see like lights outside um annie who is now payment is secretly waiting on the ceiling which is not well lit
1: you know i i gotta say payment can make a killing like opening up a cleaning service you know those like really high cathedral ceilings
3: the hard to reach
1: spots yeah like oh my god i would hire that (laughs) there's just some spots on the ceiling you just can't reach
3: do you think he can Get into cathedrals of any kind, even if it is just the style.
4: Hey, cleaning services.
0: As long as they don't have any walnuts near, like any of the entrance doors. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I had a. Uh, I had here that we have uh, mom in the ceiling. It's from the makers of Elf on the Shelf. It's <laughs> <laughs> children. <laughs>
1: I, I don't want to, pl- I don't want to play. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you want to, you want to talk about shark tank. I would do that. Mom on the ceiling. Yes.
3: Are you in? I, I'm in, Are you in on I'm this investing. I don't right. know, man. I'm out. I, I think Chris is out too. Chris, <laughs> give me your, give me your initial thoughts because this, this was your first time watching, correct?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, so the whole time, like, after we see like payment kind of takes over Annie and we see Peter in his room, just all those moments of like how she's like, air walking just floating behind him in the darkness and I'm just and then when he goes downstairs and she's just up in the ceiling hanging out yeah no I'm
3: this is me wiping my hands I'm done I'm <laughs> <No>. out <laughs> I was giddy when I watched that part I've I've seen this movie a lot but I was like oh Chris is not enjoying himself right now
0: <laughs> I, I I found it I usually find this like How do I say it? I I don't think it's like funny. I don't think these scenes are like meant to be funny. They're meant to be ominous and spooky or whatever. I think that the like absurdity of it, like the response is funny to me, I guess, in my brain, because it's how like she's weightless. She's just floating there. She's hanging out in the corner. I just thought it was, it was really well done until she like flew like she like a crouching tiger hidden dragoned out of the room she was like up on the corner and then she like runs on air to get out of it. And I thought that was kind of like silly. I don't know. It, it was, I, it, I get what, I get what it was meant to be doing. So I, I understand. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, uh, I, I can see where you would, where you would say that. It, 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 a little part of you. I think I was more excited about it. Like it was just, just silly enough that I was already grinning. I was like, Oh
0: <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, this is the end of the movie. Like it's, it's gotta be coming up soon and it's yes. for
3: sure. Um, so with the with the cult now gathering, Peter's making his way downstairs. Yeah, Annie is Annie who is now payment is all over the fucking place. Um he finds the charred remains of his dad, and now this is where the cult are like literally like coming out of the woodwork, um, they're naked. Uh, the one guy who was smiling in the beginning, I'm 99% sure has an airborne tattoo on his chest. I have freeze framed it like 30 times. Um, I will not. Is that what you were freeze framing or what Dan and I differ in freeze frames is, (laughs) is our goddamn business. As soon as he showed up, I went, sir. And he attacks Peter leading him into the attic. Um. More cultists wait up there nude. Um,
2: wait,
1: hang on, hang on. When <clears> she's headbanging, what what song would you guys have put <laughs> <the> on? <show? laughs>
2: what song do we have playing in the background of I that? Think moment? I have yeah.
1: "Redneck" by Lamb of God. Yeah, I can see
3: that. Oh, that's a good one. Um, Dude, some As "Blood Runs Black" would go fucking pretty.
0: Oh yes, I like that.
3: You need a good blast beat on that one because I mean true. the snare it matches beautifully with her head.
1: Maybe like some Suicide <laughs> Silence, like that's a little fitting. Oh, in oh my yeah. Detail. yeah.
3: I also. I was kind of thinking of raining blood.
1: Yeah, That's okay. a good one. Raining blood. It
3: was, raining blood would be good. No wrong answer. Suicide Silence. I think might work best given the context of what we're about to experience. <laughs> or maybe
1: some Cheryl Crow. Hmm.
3: I would not be opposed to some Dixie chicks.
1: <laughs> uh, they're just
3: called uh, chicks
0: now. Is that correct? It's, it's they're the, not- chicks. Sure. the chicks. The chicks. <laughs>
3: This this is what happens when payment doesn't inhabit the earth soon enough. Okay, that's that's where we are as a society. Now, the thing is, uh, all the way, already already
2: <laughs> up in the attic, there are some dicks and chicks up there. That's true. That's true. Are some that's dicks true. And
1: up there. <laughs> Honestly, up there, it's it's the true horror. It's just old people being really friendly and smiling at you. Like they're going to give you a a weatherman's butterscotch candy. Just like, Hey, come here. (laughs) Like
3: in a YMCA bathroom. hundred percent. Oh, I can
1: smell the Bengay. No.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What was more horrifying? Just all the, all the naked old folks or the fact that now Annie is suspended midair slicing off her neck with
1: a wire saw. Ugh, in front of Peter. the sound of it and her face is just oh awful. my god, yeah. My, my first reaction was, What's that slurping sound? I wonder what that's gonna be. <laughs> What's no, that it's not. Sound? <laughs> is someone drinking a Slurpee from 7 <laughs> Eleven?
2: Oh, someone got some Capri Suns up here. Boy, am I parched
1: <laughs> so bad! So bad. <laughs> yeah, that's that, what that it was, though. It's just the cult just members say, in the corner just drinking. <laughs>
3: The discipline in her eyes as she's sawing through her neck, never leaving her pupils. Never leave Peter.
0: Yeah, it's intimidating. It is a look what I'm doing to your mom. (laughs) Like right now, I'm I'm cutting (laughs) off my own her head.
4: (laughs) (laughs) My own her head.
0: (laughs) I I have a a question for that. So from the book and from the experiences that Payman has had to go through so far, it says that a ritual has to be completed for him to leave one host to go to the next. Now, if Payman can perform the ritual himself by cutting off his own head, for why did any of this other stuff have to happen?
3: These are fair points, right? And I've asked myself that because he jumps from Peter's body, right, where he inhabited and then he, uh, Steve brought him back home and then he jumped into Annie's. The ritual there was that uh, they, he set Steve on fire. Right? And, uh, right. But again, that's, that's kind of him doing it. He is known as the God of mischief. It changes in in different cultures, mm. right? So like Loki in, you know, Norse mythology is the God of mischief um, in whatever mythology this is referential to, he is the God of mischief and one of the eight kings of hell. So I'm pretty sure he can do whatever the fuck he wants. I think he, j- he just likes a little fanfare, you know? He's
2: got like and a, I prank, think, uh, he's got a
0: prank channel. And he's just like, yeah, so
3: sure. <laughs> just a
2: prank, bro. What I also see, like seeing as he technically didn't have it, Peter for a short time, but basically just to get back to the house, I took it as, cause at first my thought was, well, if he already had Peter, why, why the fuck did all this happen to just get Peter again? And I looked at it as, um, Peter wasn't fully like broken and destroyed yet. Like he comes downstairs his father is completely charboiled and then he goes upstairs besides being surrounded by old naked people, then just watches his mother cut her own head off.
1: See, I, I th- he, I, he, also, he, he also, he, he also in depictions of him, he has three decapitated heads on his camel that he rides. Yes. Yes. So hmm. he's looking for three, three heads. And he also wants to be in a male host body. So, right. Which they, they reference in the beginning of the movie saying that it should have been, like, it should have been. Um, Charlie was supposed to be a Charlie boy. Charlie was supposed to be a boy. So, and the mom kept her mom away from the first born boy. Um, so, hey, Because of what hey, she did mom. to her brother. Really just wanted to be <laughs> with, uh, in the brother's body the whole time. That was the host body. So that's what they were Correct. trying to get to. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I get where they're trying to go. I was just trying to figure out the rules, I guess.
1: uh, There are no rules. There's no (laughs) rules. Just keep me away from the
0: walnuts.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That is one of the big ones. That is one of the big ones. But there are rules. Um, Yeah. Payman can also, um, he can revive the dead. Peter had to die. It wasn't so much that he had to break his spirit. That was, I I think that was like Mm. bonus bucks. Um, Peter, after seeing Annie chop off her own head, jumps out the window. Um, and he is dead there, and then we see that familiar glint of light, and that is when Payman, in in Charlie form, right? Because Charlie is the reincarnation yeah. of Payman; she is the human uh, reincarnation. It had to be Charlie's soul to inhibit inhabit Peter's body. So that's that's the background on that.
0: Right. I, I thought that was a good reaction to uh, seeing a bunch of uh, nudist. Uh, old folks in the, in the attic all of a sudden, all these swingers just hanging out there, just fucking just, gross. Yeah, just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and see, so, yeah, I took that as as Chris was saying, like the, the weakness in the body and the weakness of the mind I don't, I don't think that Peter had to die necessarily, but because that jump, even if it was like two and a half stories up or whatever, it might not kill you instantly. I think it was enough to just like knock him out. For good. Effectively would have killed him, I think. But yeah, it's it's all relative. It's all the same. It she sure. just took it over at that point, just
1: like yoink. That's all I want to see. Yeah, never mind now. Okay. All right. So we, we have like we have reasoning behind all this stuff. Cause I like Jarvis, I looked up all this stuff since it was my second time watching it. I was trying to put rational rationale behind things that I wasn't able to rationalize before. Sure. So we have all these reasons of like them killing the mom, killing the dad, killing uh, Charlie, killing chopping off the grandma's head and all this stuff why oh why did they have to kill the dog they did they did it was such a side note too the dog could have lived they were just like oh by the way the dog said like yeah that's exactly how they framed it
0: (laughs) if you go to does the dog die dot com the dog is never officially dead. He's just laying there. And actually, I think you see the dog breathing. Now, no, that you know, that's be just dead. because the dog, the dog is a bad actor or whatever. I don't huh. know. But <laughs> 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 I think he's playing dead just to get away and be like, I don't want to be here anymore. That's my interpretation.
3: <laughs> if there is one staple of trust that we have in this podcast, it is does the dog dot com. So if that website <laughs> like does not specifically list him as dead, they might have just slipped him a mickey. for the call it
0: is is said that it's implied but there are also other questions like does a horse die and I thought man that would be wild if it was just canon that a horse died in this movie but no it does not
1: so we're good does a horse (laughs) die in this movie yeah correct (laughs) sure (laughs) We, we don't see it I'm sure at some point a horse definitely died during this movie yeah 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 not because of the movie but just that's how life is
3: why the horse because Payman rides on a camel. He's a Middle Eastern mythology.
0: It is not specific to the movie. It's just apparently there's like a whole blast of different questions. The first one is, does the dog die? And then it's like, do any pets die? And then does a horse die? Which is very interesting that it's like the third down and called out specifically.
1: <laughs> what what other questions are there? I need more.
0: Uh, it was like, uh, does a snake die? Which is like weird as well. Um, does, does Daniel
3: Day-Lewis I- have a splinter during the shooting of this film? <laughs> That's kind of
0: like, <laughs> yeah. What? yeah uh it, a lot of the people called out the uh, the the chopping of the bird's head off with the scissors. I thought that was uh, apt to bring up because yeah, that is a a creature being having its head cut off. I guess, but it, yeah, they were like, no, nothing. No animal actually dies. And It's like, well, okay, I guess, sure,
3: uh, whatever. Whatever quells PETA for the moment, but that's 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 that's, yeah that is a great part in itself i mean we're going way back but i mean that just kind of shows you because like the embodiment of payment being charlie is kind of like not something that people widely understood until the very end when we get all the exposition from joan but like she even then is like she's like compelled to chop off fucking heads and she turns them into toys which i thought was a really neat touch
0: yes and i i liked i I like this concept of like payment sitting in this this child's body waiting until she's strong enough to be, like, an adult, and is, like, you know, four years old, like, I'm going to get you one day.
1: (laughs) But first, applesauce. No nuts, please. (laughs) That's the payment that we all love. (laughs) He's a lovable guy. Little little baby payment.
0: Everybody misses the baby stage, right? So it's... (laughs) I mean he's been
3: alive for thousands of years he's literally like worked his way up the ladder he's one of the eight kings of hell and you know maybe he just wanted to feel something familiar from thousands of years ago but instead of like goat milk and sand it's you know a warm loving household with a vaguely irish father would you say Uh, it's
0: uh, it's hereditary for him
3: no no
0: okay
3: (laughs) absolutely not i would not say that so let's get to the end payment uh, payment is now conjured. The ritual is complete. Um, there's this beautiful shot of Annie's uh, body headless now floats up into the treehouse where the rest of the cult waits. Joan is there to receive them all. She receives Peter and kind of, kind of motherly similarly to how I think Ellen would have reacted in this instance, had she not died. Um, she kind of like, we get all the exposition really. These are like the looming questions that the audience who wouldn't have looked anything up to this point needed that um charlie is now inhibiting peter's body charlie is the embodiment of payment one of the eight kings of hell they have rejected the trinity and this cult worships payment entirely and in exchange they expect you know riches and wisdoms and the secrets of the world and uh that is how the the movie ends and Holy fucking shit. For two hours, so much crampacked, but so intricate and so detailed. Uh, let's let's talk about it. I, I definitely would have been one of those cultists
2: at the end. It would have been like, so, um, so where, 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 who do I talk to about my riches? Because <laughs> um, yeah. I've done some shit that um, <laughs> I'm not particularly proud of. And <laughs> I,
0: I, I want my money. Yeah, I I think I think I would like, I know this is probably going to be sacrilegious for this movie, <laughs> um, but I, I want like a Ash vs. Evil Dead spinoff kind of concept where we see the aftermath of payment coming to life again. Like, what does that mean <laughs> for the world? Like, it can be silly. It can be kind of serious. It can be whatever it wants. But like, I just I wanted more from from the universe. It, it seems fun. My life oh is my a God. teenage hell spawn. Yeah, (laughs) like what's next? Like, does he with all these people, do they take over the world? Does he have superpowers? Like, what's going on here? Tell me more about payment and tell me more about the world he's in. It it does. The ending of this movie is very. um, What's the word? Uh, uh, The tentacle man. What's the tentacle monsters? Slenderman? No, no, no. Um, oh, Cthulhu. Yeah, very Cthulhu esque. Sorry, uh, thank you. Uh, Lovecraft kind like, of. Yeah, Lovecraftian in that, in that mindset of like, that's just it. And there is despair. Like that. And I'm like, I, I'm totally into it. But I just, I wanted more. I, not another two hours worth of movie, but like, yeah, show me the end of the world.
2: <laughs> I would have loved like a post credit scene similar to like The Redone Evil Dead, where we just see a silhouette of Bruce Campbell and just groovy.
4: <laughs> or an in the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay
3: <laughs> you don't like that no no i yeah I, hey you know, i'm down <laughs> like really where i'm left with is like you know i'm not saying a satanic death call is for everyone i get that but this one is for me i am i am in <laughs> you, where do i 100% sign of the
1: time absolutely right. <laughs> i think right. my yeah. my main problem is more so when i watched midsummer because like this was like the first one for him and then midsummer came out and it's like, they're both cult movies and it's like, all right, like the next movie that I see from Ari Aster, I, I don't really want to see a cult movie again. You know what I mean? Like I want to see something different.
3: I love it. I, I, I think he does cults better than anyone.
1: I, I agree. If Jordan Peele can specialize
3: different. in black centric horror, Ari Aster's got, he's got the cults down and I think I, Ari Aster I'm Aster with it. Do
0: like something that's not really touched on like a zombie movie or something. I think that would be a good one. Yeah. No, no one ever does those. <laughs> yeah, no, no one, one ever one does ever zombies. Makes
1: or how about this? <laughs> Psychological thriller. Ooh. Ooh. Like, like a sequel to The Shining. Hold on. <laughs> I think we're on something. Hold on.
3: <laughs> Did you guys... So, like... Sure. We, we, we can start kind of like wrapping it up, but like the amount of like Easter eggs and the things you have to pay attention to, it is fluid throughout the entire movie. Right. And there's always something that if you didn't catch it the first time, that's where I really encourage people to watch this movie. Even if you didn't like the first time, watch it again and try to pick out new things. I picked out something in this one that I hadn't the previous like three or four times I've watched it. It was that one of Peter's teachers, the fat uh, white haired beard guy was part of the cult. And uh, the oh. call had surrounded him oh, wow. from a very early yeah. age. Yeah. These very, very minute details and touches.
0: Yeah. I, I think that like you, the suggestion before we started this was that we should also do some research. Now, you know, being a member of this podcast, I did not do that. I just watched the movie instead. And I think of I, course I came, I, <laughs> I came away uh, feeling a hundred percent Fine with it, but I did like as the movie was wrapping up or like right afterwards, I did look up some stuff because I, I agree it, it left a, like uh, enough on there, uh, enough on the bone for me to go and like continue on their research. Most of the movies you watch is just like, meh, cool, end of the movie, I'm gonna go do anything, sure, else. yeah, yeah, just a head nod and like, all right, that was that, yeah, no, th- this was this was a good one, it was fun.
3: No, I, I can imagine like so many people just going straight to their smartphones afterward. Payment is not new, like, payment is like a real mythological. Uh, character, um, and to give such light into a character like this, um, and making him central for the plot, I, I thought was pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, and he's not like Beelzebub above. He's not a known name. He's he is one of the eight, and he's ready and showing up to work now that he is alive and well. He's making a name for himself. It's me, Payman, the one allergic to nuts. <laughs> I got a thing nuts away from me. <laughs> <laughs> uh no I, I i appreciated this movie for everything that it, it tossed out so
4: anything else guys
1: um no I, I guess i guess the last thing i'll say is just to further say that uh, i i appreciate the movie is um i don't really know of any any director that hyper focuses on trauma and the horrors of trauma and like, um, like, like Astor does. So like, I, I, I really appreciate the way that he like approaches things like that. Like this movie, Midsummer, both totally about trauma. I can only assume that, um, what's his new movie called? Does that, disappointment Boulevard that that's probably going to be focusing around trauma of some sorts as well. So I'm, I'm very excited to see how he continues. That's,
2: I watched a little um interview with him after I watched the movie cuz I did have to go and do some research. Um and I did he he said something really interesting which I do agree with that for horror to really work you need to really um you really need to feel for the characters and and Create a strong connection to the characters because the characters are very simple and like one dimensional, and you can't get any connection with them at all, then it's not going to work. Absolutely. We see that so often. Yeah, 100%. Like most horror movies nowadays, it's just throwaway characters that don't even get enough screen time or backstory for you to even care
0: about. And that usually kind of takes me out of the movie. Yeah, or too many characters. Oh, or, exactly. yeah, or way too many characters. Who are you supposed to like or hate when there's 25 people you're supposed to remember? Because <laughs> exactly. They all have something to do with it. No, this was a nice, strict like, five people, six people maybe.
3: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, make every death something that you feel. Because you're right. I mean, like that you, you pad the bench with, you know, 15 characters and their only characteristic that you're going to take away from is how they died, right? That's the only takeaway that you'll, you'll remember from in the movie. You know, you get kind of that final girl aspect where you see like the trauma in the act, right? You know, Lori running away from Michael Myers, like you see like the, the trauma and everything happening to her, um, in, in the movie, but like it's not, It's not elongated. And that's why, you know, even though this movie is a little, it runs a little bit longer, it's so personal and so deep to all the characters that I think it really pays off. 100%. It's a
0: good movie. It's like a really good movie. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I wasn't sure I was going to be because it's been talked up a lot, especially by you guys. And I was like, you know, we've seen enough where I've been like, oh, you know, you guys like it, but I'm eh okay with it. No, I'm, I'm giving it a very good, but let's not get into that unless we want to get it. You guys want to get into that? You guys want to get into this this poopometer? I'm talking the yeah. bit. Give me, give All me right. it, Dan. Give me it, Dan. What is it? What are we rating this on?
1: So, uh, good old Paymon. He, uh, <laughs> he rides a camel which are called Dromadary camels. A little little fact about drum dairy camels, they can go, it's been recorded that uh, they can travel about 50 miles per day and they can go without water for about a month. Uh, So how many, how many miles would you ride your camel to get to the movie theater? If it's 50 miles away, would you make it the whole way? Zero to 50. I don't know. That was a fucking stretch. I don't don't know. I came into this. I love it. I'll be honest. I came into this. I was like, "Fuck! I don't know what the fuck to write about." And then like, <laughs> camels. camels.
0: It's camels. Yep. Camels. It's camels all the way down. Uh, if just strictly on spooky, scary, I this one hit pretty hard. I'm trying to separate like how good I felt the movie was versus how scary it was. I think the movie had some pretty deep scares and also just some pretty large anxiety inducing moments and i i would walk nope i would ride a dromedary for 48 miles not giving it a full 50 it was i wasn't absolutely terrified but there were i i could see how this movie is absolutely terrifying to a lot of people there's a lot to it that's outside of the Ooh, watch out spooky bookie. And then like something comes out of the the wall and gets you or whatever. It's not that it's, it's life. Life is spooky and it sucks. And that's pretty much why this movie rocks. (laughs) Uh, I said it pretty well to you guys earlier. Um,
2: this is possibly the scariest movie I've ever seen. Um, I've been kind of dreading seeing this movie just because I knew it was going to terrify me and it did. Um, You really think so, huh? One of the the scariest you've ever seen. Yeah, one of the scariest I've ever seen. Um, Oof. Nice. Yeah, (laughs) And you know what? And I'm happy I finally saw it. And as terrified as I was for a good chunk of it, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I will say I will go the whole 50 miles, but I'm having my head out the window the whole time. Smart. (laughs) It's a smart move, man. Head
1: out the window of the camel. I love
2: it.
3: Yep.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and just chomping on walnuts all the way down. num, 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 num. <laughs> yeah, I, I have nothing, I have nothing new to say. Um, I, I think it's clear that I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I think it's a movie that makes you uh, have to think deeply. And I think there's something pretty cool about something that like inspires you to look some stuff up. But if we're just going on spooky, right. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to go somewhere closer to 47. It is absolutely terrifying. Um, but I think the, the most beautiful aspect is just how dark it feels. Not necessarily that you're scared the whole time when it was scary, it hit, it hit some great keynotes. Um, but just the intricacy of the story was beautiful. So that's, that's like the feeling I left with, uh, that's what I focused on more, but scary 47. Uh,
1: I'm just going to echo Chris. I give it. Perfect. I, I think it's one of the scariest movie, if not the scariest movie I've ever seen. Um, Because like Kyle said, it's real. I remember, and, and the only other thing I'll say is I remember last time we recorded, Jarvis talked about core memories. Uh, This created a core memory for me when I have to hear that sawing sound and look at the face on Tony Colette when she is cutting <laughs> her head off. So that stuck with me for... 2018 when I saw it in theaters until I just recently saw it again and I was like okay I can kind of handle this now so <laughs> I remember I remember I remember yeah I was like don't want to see don't want to see don't oh okay so yeah I terrified I,
0: I I'm gonna just don't jump in here real quick again I know we talked about everything beforehand I don't want to end it just yet though I. I think this movie is like crazy iconic. I think uh, not even unfortunately, it's, it's just a very iconic movie and all the scenes where bad things happened. I had seen all these gifts before without having any idea what they were. And when I saw them, I was like, oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So uh, watch this movie. It's good. Cool. Uh, I want to go ahead and thank uh, Andrew Cavanaugh and Connor McLeod. Uh, I also want to thank Travis for our editor doing all the editing that he's going to potentially need for this one. And, uh, I want to thank you for go ahead and watching and listening and doing the thing and joining on us on our lovely book club, like podcast, uh, join us next time, please. But we might watch a good one. Uh, no, oh no, it's probably gonna have to be a, a shitty one. It's been too spooky this time. We need to light things up. So, uh, it's really bad. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let me, uh, let me say thank you. And Chris, what do you have to tell the people?
2: Thanks for stopping by and having a horrible time.